We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live scheduled release show. We are just minutes away from the NBA releasing the schedule for the season. Should be coming up 3 o'clock Eastern time, noon Pacific. We're going to break everything down. Joining me, got Ron Gutterman from LakersNation.com. Ron, how are you doing? Doing good. Happy to be on. Let's break down some schedule stuff. You know, Ron, as I recall, I think you and I broke down the schedule last year, and I believe at this time last year we were still just in in awe of the fact that the Lakers had just traded for Russell Westbrook uh, not that long before. I, I do wonder if we're going to see any kind of trade activity from the Lakers in the next the next few weeks. I know a lot of fans are hoping that's what happens here. So as we look at this schedule, there's going to be that kind of cloud hanging over. Well, well, this part of the schedule might be. Uh, but- you want to use- Trevor, you want to use your breaking news? Uh, yeah, I don't have a drop for it, but give it to me. Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James has agreed on a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension, including a player option for the 2024-25 season. There it is. That's exactly what we were predicting, a LeBron James extension with a one-plus-one deal. Let's go. Sean Davis joining us as well. Spaces, how are you doing? I'm assuming you just saw the Le- LeBron news as well. Yeah, let's go. What's going on, Ron? Yeah, heck yeah. How's it going? How's it going? I mean, uh, yeah, I I like that dropping about two minutes before the schedule. Like, Yeah, that's just uh, just one up the NBA schedule. LeBron signs an extension with, with the Lakers. All right. So uh, not not a surprise that it's a one plus one deal at all. This is what we've been literally saying for months that that's what it would be. So he could be a free agent in 2024 if need be. This guarantees at least two more seasons of LeBron in Los Angeles with the possibility of a third season. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, this is this is pretty good. I mean, this this definitely tells you um, you know where the Lakers' head is at in terms of uh, you know potentially doing a deal. We've been talking about it for for a while of what was going to come first. The Lakers are going to make a big move, or LeBron was going to sign an extension, or if he was going to sign an extension. And now it looks like maybe they're all on the same page about what's about to happen over the next few weeks. Well, I'll tell you what. Clearly, this means that LeBron was not waiting to sign an extension until the Lakers made a move because no deal is done as of this moment. Yeah, definitely. So let- uh, leverage wise for the Lakers this is a good thing yeah that's, that's what I'm saying right it, you don't have LeBron isn't sitting there holding his holding his pen over the paper saying is Russ still a Laker is he still a Laker let me know when he's not a Laker I'll sign this thing he's not he did that threat isn't there opposing teams can't look at the Lakers and say well you need to do this deal so LeBron will sign the extension no the extension is done the Lakers can focus on making a good deal now Let's go. Something has to happen soon, right? You would think. Or maybe LeBron really thinks he's with Darvin Ham and he thinks they can get this roster to work. But right. I mean, I think it just means, look, LeBron's committed to Los Angeles from here on out, and uh, and we'll see where it goes from here. And he believes that they are going to be able to turn this thing around. 
Um, and I, I do believe that that involves a trade. There's going to have to be a trade. I'm That's seeing a lot of comments about uh, why didn't LeBron take a pay cut? Uh, LeBron James is not taking a pay cut. <laughs> oh, what? He he just came off a season in which he averaged 30 points a game at age 37. Um, he's not taking a pay cut. Like that's not happening. And it's and it's not just a production thing, it's also a precedent thing. LeBron has talked about this before where he doesn't want to be seen as he doesn't want to be the um the negotiating piece in contract deals for other star players. He doesn't want he doesn't want Giannis or James Harden or, or whoever to go into a contract negotiation and have their team say, Hey, LeBron took less and he's the face of the league. So we want you to take less too. He doesn't want to be used that way. So he, so because of that, he's said that since his Miami days, that he will always take the max. And, and I mean, we watched him last season. Was he not a max player? Like, <laughs> was that not a max no, player? Like, was. I thought last year was like pretty obviously a max player. No, easily. Yeah. I mean, I guess. We shouldn't be surprised per se. They he signed. I think we all knew he's going to resign. Is it maybe the timing where some of the surpriseness, that's not even a word, comes from? Um, either way, because of the timing. But uh, either way, let's go. Get a rush now, trade done I mean, now. Now I like how the schedule release is a is a casual one minute late. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure the NBA just went. Wait, what? Said, well, could you have waited an hour, LeBron? Right? Like that, that oh, no. from our perspective, that's a little bit annoying, right? That they did this right now, right when the, the schedule release came out. I See, mean, look, we need to... the important thing is that it got done, but still. Feels like news always happens when Ron's on. So, Ron, I need you to come on more often, buddy. You were on when the rush trade happened. As soon as the live show started with you on it, LeBron resigns. So uh, we need you on here more often, bro. Yeah, and it's always it's always while Trevor's in the middle of a little monologue, and I have to stop him in the middle <laughs> and be like, right. "Trevor, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Trevor. I know you were making a great point, but I have to completely ruin everything you just said." I I thought it was going to be uh, you were going to tell me a trade just happened, and I was going to have to do my shocked face again, um, <laughs> but. No, but now, you know, this is me. This is just guaranteed that now I leave for my vacation tomorrow morning. The trade's going to happen while I'm gone. That's, <laughs> that's it, just guaranteed now. It's happening. Pretty much guaranteed. We um we do have a plan in place for, you know, when that trade happens while you're gone. But that, you know, that doesn't make it any less sad. I'm, I, I am. I have complete faith that you guys are going to be going to be just fine. You take the one for the team, Trev. That's Ultimate right. Ultimate team player. I am the catalyst that leads to a Lakers trade. Me, my travel schedule is what is going to push them to, to do a deal because they're going to be like, yeah, he's he is in the air. He's somewhere out over the Pacific right now. Let's pull the trigger. That's that's what the Lakers are going to do. They said, OK, Trevor just left U.S. airspace. Let's go. All yep. three trades at once. The Let's KD, go. Kyrie and Donovan Mitchell trade all at once. OK, so I'm checking the NBA uh, their media relations accounts and nothing so far here on the schedule should be released now, but nothing just yet. Now the teams may release them uh, individually yeah. too. We can see that. Um, so that's another place we need to check whenever the schedule does come out, I'll put it up on the screen and we will, um, we'll start going into that. So let me check out Lakers.com. See if they've updated anything here. Uh, everybody coming in from the chat, by the way. Welcome. Welcome in. Let's see here. Schedule. No, nothing yet. If anybody in the chat sees the schedule out, let me know and we'll and we'll uh we'll find it. Is we'll anybody's schedule released yet? I haven't seen any yet. But I've they should be like I'm I've seen some like opening nights, like opening night games. Yeah. Like in the last 10 minutes, but uh, Brian said, wouldn't a Pacer deal mostly about Turner be a little redundant because whatever Turner can supply, Bryant and Jones already do. To lesser degrees. I think Turner does it a little bit better than all those. Yeah, he does it better than all those guys as well. And the whole argument, I guess, against trading for Miles Turner is in the playoffs, Anthony Davis is going to be the five. 
for fourth quarters anyway. So I guess that's the why people say no to that. Yeah. Well, I just I look at the whole situation and think, think you know, I, I like the potential of Turner next to AD and then Turner combined with Thomas Bryant. You could have a floor spacing big on the floor at all times, at all times, which would mimic the Milwaukee Bucks offense. So the NBA just released the opening week yeah. national TV schedule, like officially. Okay. On their actual channels. Uh, let me see what it is. So the Lakers have obviously at the Warriors opening night on the 18th and home against the Clippers on the 20th. Those are their only national TV games opening week. Uh, uh, right. Only nationally televised games, which makes me think the schedule's probably not far behind the full schedule. Yeah, some pretty interesting games, though, in this opening week. <laughs> uh, what are some of the, the – well, let me ask you guys this. What are you looking for in the schedule? Like, when, when I put this thing up, what are the first things you guys are going to be scanning for? Uh, I'm going to be scanning for the death month. The every, death month. Every, every schedule has a death month where it's like 15 games where you're playing 13 playoff teams. Uh, and I'm, I'm yeah. waiting to see that usually, I mean, for the Lakers, they usually try to push that towards the end of the season, but I don't know this year. They might just throw it right at the beginning for fun. Oh, here for we fun. go. It's out. You got it. I've got it. Uh, well, I've got October. Let me see. Oh, I'm just looking at October. It's given me Lakers warriors on the 18th Lakers Clippers on the 20th. Lakers Blazers on the 23rd, Lakers Nuggets on the 26th, Wolves on the 28th, Nuggets again on the 30th. That's a gauntlet. The death, the death month is early. It's okay. October. It's oh, October. my goodness. It's early. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Now, I, I want to see if I can find something that will allow me to just display the full schedule so we can get through it. But right now, month by month. I'm finding so it on, on NBA.com. Oh, my wait, God. Can we, can we break so, down this October again real quick? Just <laughs> Yeah. Is that Denver twice? Minnesota yeah, so, twice? So listen to this. This is, this is October. Golden State, Clippers, Portland, uh, Nuggets, Wolves, Nuggets. Then, starting November, Pelicans, Jazz. Okay, but then, then you go Jazz, Cavs, Jazz. Clippers, uh, Kings, Nets, Pistons, Spurs. So no, it gets a little bit easier as you go through November. Uh, you've got Suns, Spurs. You get, oh my gosh, they play the Spurs three times in the month of November, including a back-to-back -back Friday and Saturday, Spurs, and then Spurs again, and then Pacers, and then Blazers. It, it's a tough start, but November gets easier. significantly easier as you go through. That first yeah. 12 or so is a gauntlet, like Ron said. You get the death month to start off the season. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I really see a win there in that first, uh, the first six games. I think they get at least one. I don't see the Lakers going 0 and 6. For the record, I, I do like the idea of Turner on the team. I don't, you're not going 0 and 6. I get what you're saying. Like, Who's on, on paper. <laughs> I, I don't saying. think I like October. Let's see if I can find the full <laughs> schedule somewhere here. Because I'm pulling it on NBA.com, but it's not very friendly. Well, you know what? I can share my screen here. And let's let's just go through the whole thing this way. Let's do that. Okay? So here we go. Uh, ESPN is the whole schedule. Oh, wait, never mind. It's through December. My bad. Do your thing. All right. Okay, here we go. The Lakers schedule. I have the whole the whole picture now. You have the whole thing? Where do you have it? Dave McMenamin tweet. If you want to pull that oh, up. I will grab that. That way everybody who's watching can see and can see how we go through this and how we would break something like this down. Oh, I see it. There we go. Okay, there's the image. Let me zoom yeah, a bit let here. Me, let me just scan for the death month real quick. I mean, <laughs> October is a gauntlet of a start, but I want to see like the 15-game stretch of terribleness. Share screen. That that starts in December, all on the road too. That scares me a little bit. Yeah, but it has Detroit and Washington in there, so I'm kind of like, eh. 
Okay, let me zoom just a little bit more here. This is the Lakers' full schedule, so let's go through it here. I'll tell you what, guys, what I look for, the number one thing that I look for is the scourge of the NBA, and that is back-to-backs on the road. I look for those first and foremost. That's usually something that I try to identify because those are something that I know can be really grueling, but let's go through some of this. So starting off, again, October, we've got Warriors, Clippers, no back-to-backs here just yet, okay? Home openers against the Clippers on the 20th. Portland, Denver, Minnesota, both on the road. Then back home for Denver again. So you play Denver twice in five days. You got them on Wednesday and you've got them on Sunday. Then New Orleans, beginning of November. New Orleans matchups, remember, these are going to be extra important this year because the pick swap comes into play. So the Lakers, if they're ahead of the Pelicans, if they're better than the Pelicans this year, then the pick swap means nothing. The Pelicans get zero value out of it. If the Pelicans are better than the Lakers, then they will execute that pick swap and they will take the Lakers pick. The Lakers will get the Pelicans pick. So some, it's going to be something to keep an eye on throughout the season. Uh, then again, it, it lightens up here for the rest of November. You get Utah. Cleveland, Cleveland is tough, but Utah, Cleveland, Utah. We assume Donovan Mitchell probably traded. Utah will be tanking by then. The Clippers, that's a tough one. But then Sacramento, Brooklyn, who knows what Brooklyn's going to look like. Detroit, San Antonio, Phoenix, San Antonio, San Antonio. You know what? I'll tell you what. Uh, Indiana, Portland to finish off November. Before we move into December, the pro- one of the problems the Lakers had last season, they had a light schedule early on, and they didn't take advantage of it. They didn't take it seriously. How many times did we see them in games against the Thunder, against the Blazers, or whoever, And they just came out looking like they didn't understand how important it was that they banked that win because of how difficult the season would get later on. I haven't looked ahead to see what the rest of the schedule looks like yet. I'm focusing right now on where we're at, but that's already a thought popping up in my head. These games against San Antonio in the middle of November, this game against Detroit, Brooklyn, depending on what they look like, Utah, these can't be looked at as gimmies. They have to be looked at as must wins. You have to get out there and stack these wins on your schedule because there's going to be some more difficult stretches too. Right quick, uh, Lakers Twitter just announced they're going to retire and raise Pau Gasol's jersey on March 7th against Memphis. Excellent news. Excellent news. Uh, And I like that they picked uh, against against Memphis. That's well done. Well done. So Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really look like there is a large like stretch of just terrible games. Um, that's kind of nice. It's a little more spread out, a little more even across the board. I mean, last year was terrible in the way it was it was organized, where the first month was all these easy games, and then the got to January and it was like twelve straight games against playoff teams. That's yeah. that's what I was hoping for. I was thinking about this earlier today. I thought, well, what's the preference here? I don't want to see a schedule that's super easy early on, but you also don't want a schedule that's just absolutely bonkers, difficult for the first couple of months of the season and then lightens up later on. Because what happens is when you're getting pummeled night in and night out and you're just getting these really difficult games one after another, the, the morale just evaporates. So I think I'd like something a little bit more balanced, and I think this is probably going to be it. I do think San Antonio three times in six nights is wild. <laughs> that's just yeah. like a, no, that's a wild crazy. scheduling quirk. And again, I, I look at that. You have to win all three. You have to. You have to take advantage of those opportunities and stack wins up. San Antonio, I mean, so San Antonio kind of had their way with the Lakers last year, but this isn't even – No, this San Antonio team isn't even San Antonio. Like, yeah, they're San Antonio San minus Antonio Murray. Might, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean, look at the stretch here, right? Like this – This stretch, so go from uh, November 11th, go to um, all the way to the end of November. This stretch, Sacramento, Brooklyn, Detroit, San Antonio, Phoenix, San Antonio, San Antonio, Indiana, Portland. Like that's that's a lot of winnable games in the month of November. You, You need to win at least six in that stretch. At least, at least, agreed. Yeah, four nights off between Brooklyn and Detroit. Play Sunday, then you don't play again until Friday. That actually kind of worries me a little bit because I think that's too much rest. That makes sense. All right, let's get into the month of December. So we've got, all right, here here comes a big road trip here. This is, I mean, you've got some minor road trips at earlier points of the season. You've got a little Southwest road trip there with San Antonio, Phoenix, 
But now you've got an East Coast road trip. Going to be gone for, it looks like, a week and a half. Uh, Milwaukee, Washington, Cleveland. Here's the dreaded back-to-back on the road. Cleveland to Toronto. Oh, that's gross. That is all kinds of bad NBA. What is that about? Then Philadelphia, then Detroit to finish off a six-game road trip. That is awful. A back-to-back on the road in the middle of an East Coast road trip. Just going three and three would be a win. Okay, then we get the first matchup with the Celtics coming up on December 13th. That's at home, but again, that'll be a difficult one. Uh, Denver, Washington at home, back-to-back at Phoenix. Uh, Sacramento, Charlotte, then you get Dallas on Christmas. Finish off the year, the calendar year, with Orlando with this oh, road trip to finish off the year. Orlando back to back on the road against Miami. I know Orlando and Miami is not that far, but still gross. Atlanta and then Charlotte to finish off that road trip. What do you guys think about that swing there? The Christmas trip here that the Lakers have. You've got Dallas, Orlando, Miami, Atlanta, Charlotte. Yeah, the Southeast division representing. Um, I mean, it's it's tough to tell. I mean, Dallas and Miami are obviously going to be difficult games. Um, Atlanta, we don't really know exactly what they look like. They added a huge piece in the offseason. Their team is a little different. Uh, so we need to see what they look like. Orlando, you know, they are probably going to be improved, but not good. Uh-huh. And then Charlotte has just kind of been the same every year. And I, I don't know. I don't really know uh, if they're making any significant improvements here. So that that looks like a... You know, if you could go three and two, that would be great. Um, all of this is really dependent on what's the like, what's the team that's playing these games. Right. And that's the that's the challenge, right? We don't know exactly what the Lakers are going to look like. Will they make a trade or not? Now that LeBron is signed to this extension, will they make this trade and off you go? Or do they roll into the season with the current team? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know it's, I know like Ron mentioned, Orlando's not a good team, but in Orlando to Miami is not far, but playing Miami on the second eye of the back-to-back does not sound awesome. And this is where I think you have to be strategic. Again, I'm, I'm, and maybe this is me, but I'm of the mindset that in the NBA, in order to get to where you want to go in the playoffs, it's not about beating the best teams. It's about stacking up the wins that are presented to you on your schedule. You have to, you can't lose to the bad teams. You have to beat the bad teams, right? Those are the wins that will buffer you later on when you're playing some of the more difficult teams. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm putting all of my energy into the game against Orlando. And I'm securing that win. And then you give it your all against Miami, but you understand second night of a back-to-back. It's probably a scheduled loss, but you have to get the Orlando win because if you do the opposite, even if you throw everything at Miami, there's still a chance you lose that game. I think if you come out focused, you can stack the win up at Orlando if you do what you're supposed to do, whereas you may not against Miami. So again, I'm of the mindset that you have to focus in on these easier games or, or easier right air quotes games and get that done especially in this situation where it's the second night of a back-to-back that you've got to take on the heat the next night um then they get miami again okay so let's get into the new year so you're we finish up without at charlotte uh that's january 2nd then you get miami at home atlanta at home so you're going to see miami and atlanta both twice within 
span of about a week there. So again, you're seeing a lot of teams in um, really close proximity to each other. So like if Miami has an injury later on in the year, let's say Jimmy Butler is shut down later on in the year, you don't get that benefit. Or if he happens, or there's an injury here, you do get the benefit. Typically the NBA tries to spread these matchups apart a little bit more so that fans get to have a better shot of seeing these guys in case of an injury or something, but they, it doesn't look like they did this year. Uh, at Sacramento, at Denver, okay, that's that's in uh, January there. Then back home, Dallas, Philadelphia, Houston, Sacramento, Memphis, all at home. So a decent homestand there in January. Then we get at Portland, just a quick trip up the coast. Then you've got the Clippers, and uh, well, one back-to-back here, Philadelphia and Houston back-to-back. Then you've got the Clippers and then San Antonio on the second night of back-to-back, but at least it's a home back-to-back. Um, yeah, that is a Lakers home game against the Clippers. And then we've got a little road swing here, East Coast. As we get into February, we've got end of, end of January, you've got Celtics, Nets, Knicks, Pacers, Pelicans. What do we think about that? About that that five game road trip against Celtics, Nets, Knicks, Pacers, Pelicans. I mean, looks easier than the than the road trip at the top of the season, towards the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. The East Coast one with Milwaukee. Um, I think Boston. Obviously, you know you you'll put your all into that game because it's Boston. Uh, Brooklyn and Indiana are both probably i mean brooklyn right now is not but like they're probably both tanking teams Mm -hmm. or teams that are not going for wins this season uh new york they might have donovan mitchell this is the thing the nba is so like there's so uh so much uncertainty right now about what these teams are going to look like when the season starts that it's like it's it's kind of difficult to break down what these games might look like yeah right uh, first matchup with the Thunder, February 7th. Now, that's interesting because when you talk about a guy like Chet Holmgren, does that in theory mean he's got his legs under him a little bit more at that stage of the season? He's been, a- been able to adapt to the NBA game versus seeing them earlier on. Or is he hitting the rookie, rookie wall, wall right around this time? Or right. <laughs> There's different ways uh, you can look at this. I mean, the things we do know, like, Milwaukee will be good regardless of when yeah. of yeah. when of when we play them. Golden State will be good regardless of when we play them. Like everything, those are kind of settled. But when we're talking about you know your Brooklyn's, New York, uh, even Utah, um, you know Boston, it, some of these teams w- could look really really different by the time the Lakers actually see them. The Lakers could look really different the next t- the first time we see them. Like uh, I, I do. I, I, I kind of find it hard to uh, to see where exactly these teams are going to end up when we don't know what the trades are going to look like. Pacers could look very different. I would imagine we'll have the trade deadline somewhere right around here. I don't recall off the top of my head when it is, but it's usually right around, you know, like the 9th or so of February. Um, we get Milwaukee, then then at Golden State, not Portland. Then New Orleans, and Gold- that's a tough stretch right there. Milwaukee, Golden State, Portland, New Orleans, Golden State, Dallas, Memphis. Golden State after the All Star break. That's that's a tough stretch of games. I know you get the All Star break in the middle of it there, but that's not easy. Yeah, get Dallas, Memphis on the road yep. into OKC. Then it well, then it doesn't lighten up at all because then you have Minnesota, you go, Golden State, Memphis, Toronto. Is it just me or does it feel like they're playing Golden State like ten times? You know, and they're <laughs> I know they, they don't. All, but... Are they all national TV too? I'm, I'm sure. Looks like it. Yeah. I did not count up the number of national TV games the Lakers have this year. I just I just always assume the answer is going to be a lot. They're going to have a lot of national TV. The answer is going to be most of them. Yeah. Most. Okay. Uh, yeah, let me let me let me do the count real quick. You guys go to the next cool. stretch of schedule. I'll do a count. So we've got uh then you've got Minnesota, Golden State, man. Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis, Toronto. Holy moly. Okay, there's there's at home. There's the there's the death month plus of the season. Right there. Again, starting from, let's start from even going up here. I think New Orleans is going to be a battle. So let's look there. Starting from February 4th, New Orleans, OKC. That's a non-playoff team. But New Orleans, OKC, 
Milwaukee, Golden State, Portland wants to be a playoff team this year. New Orleans, Golden State, Dallas, Memphis, OKC. So there's another non-playoff team, second time OKC. Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis, Toronto. Knicks were non-playoff last year, but they did add Jalen Brunson. New Orleans, Houston. So for about a month there, that's little over a month, games. You've got you've got two non-playoff teams essentially, or games because they're both against the Thunder that you're playing. Every other game is against a team that would probably project to be a playoff team as of this moment. And again, things can change as we get into the season, but there is the difficult stretch of the season right there. That's that's the stretch where when we're early in the season and you've got those three games against San Antonio, if they drop some of those games, this is the stretch where it's going to really hurt where you're going to feel the pain from that. Also, my, uh, my rough count is 39 national TV games, if you include NBA TV. Okay. Um, I so, don't recall what it was last year. I want to say it was 41 last year, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So it's, that's it's, off the top of my head. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a, yeah, a lot, which is typical, you know, a lot. The Lakers play a lot of nationally televised games. Uh, all right. Picking up where we left off there at, at Houston, Dallas, Orlando, Phoenix, OKC again, Chicago, then at Chicago. So two games in a row against Chicago, a little road trip here to finish out the season. Almost to finish out the season. At Minnesota, at Houston, at Utah. Oh my goodness. At Clippers. Clippers, second night of a back-to-back. And it's that could listen. that game could really matter for playoff seating against the Clippers. And it's the second night of a back-to-back. What is up with us playing like two teams within the span of five days? Like, right? what is up with it? Getting Chicago twice in a row. Getting also, you know. Also, what's up with the Lakers having four, five, or longer game road trips? Yeah, know. like four times. Yeah. And then you finish off your season with Phoenix. Who knows? Will, will Phoenix still be playing, guys, That at that point? We don't know. Uh, and then Utah. Finishing off with Utah is not bad. That's not a bad way to finish your, your season. It's, they, have, they have Utah uh, like twice early and twice at the end, and then we just like never see them in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Which that's probably going to be a tanking team. So that's a little bit unfortunate. Uh, all right. We've got uh, Mohammed said Lakers nation fan from Dubai. Love you guys. Happy for LeBron waiting for the rust trade. Do you feel this season? We might have something uh, if no trade. Do you think the Lakers uh, can come to the United, United Arab Emirates? I don't know if they're going to do any overseas game. They, I know they're going to do some, but I don't know if the Lakers are going to do any anytime soon. Uh, as far as might the Lakers have something, I think they need a trade. I think this roster, the way it's set, set up, is screaming for a trade. Ron, you and I broke down what the closing lineup can look like, and doing that exercise was frustrating for both of us. I think it was very apparent that they need some different pieces in order to unlock some things with this group. Yeah, you find out very quickly when you break down this roster that there are like not a lot of not a lot of ways you can like play with play with uh, certain lineups to get different results. Like I think uh, if you take a look at, you know, Golden State or one of the better teams, Milwaukee, you can throw out, you know, five different types of lineups and they can beat you. You know, this lineup beats you with size and strength and this lineup beats you with speed. This lineup beats you with shooting. And the Lakers don't really have that combination of lineups. They have what looks to be like one pretty good lineup. Uh, that can beat you in kind of with versatility. And then every other lineup is just kind of like, well, if they get hot, you know, they play good enough defense to do something or, you know, like there's not really a ton going on there in terms of versatility and ways you can beat teams. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be, that's part of the reason why the Lakers are going to, I think need to make something happen here. Uh, Alex said LeBron resigned. Rumor he wants Russ back now. I didn't see any rumor on him wanting Russ back. Did I miss something there, guys? No, I don't know where where you're seeing that. Alex, please cite your sources, um, and then we will discuss it more. Yeah. Don't Thank scare you. me, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't scare me. Uh, when do we think LeBron breaks the all-time scoring record? I think, and I haven't crunched the numbers on it or anything lately, but I, as I recall, it was somewhere around mid-season that he was on pace to do it, if he stays healthy. Please be at home or somehow in Cleveland. But that Cleveland game is way too early for it to happen there. Yeah. By the way, just, just letting you guys know, based on history, when LeBron breaks the all-time scoring record, it's going to be in a double-digit loss. <laughs> now that you're true. 
When he passed Kobe, it was in a double-digit loss. When he passed Jordan, it was a double-digit loss. Like, it's just he only breaks these records when the Lakers get absolutely crushed. I don't think Ron's criticizing LeBron, by the way, guys. He's just making an observation. Uh, Yeah, this is not a critique of LeBron. This is a critique of the Lakers in games where LeBron is about to break a record. They just don't try. (laughs) They They just don't try because they know all they're there for is to break his record. Is to celebrate the record, yeah. Dave McMenamin tweeted out the Lakers have a have a stretch between Thanksgiving and New Year's. They play 16 out of 22 on the road. Yeah, like Ron said earlier, what is up with these stretches where we have like five games in a row on the road? It's not a lot. just one of those. It happens like five times during the season. So what do we what do you get? What's our, our overall general impression of this schedule? Do we think this is a difficult schedule? Do we think this is a positive? What are we thinking? it's what team am I talking about? Like that's, it's so hard to tell what team Just are we as, as about? is, as is, as is, I wouldn't feel great about any schedule. So it's kind of hard. This schedule particularly, I think yeah. uh, the Lakers last year were really bad on the road. Like they really struggled on the road to do anything. Um, I think there was a stretch where they didn't win a road game for like quite some time. Like two months. Uh, yeah, they're not a very good road team, and all they did was get younger. Uh, and we all know that young players generally do worse on the road than at home. Um, so if it's the roster as is, I don't know. I, I I feel like the long stretches of road games will be difficult. They won't do well on those long trips. Uh, you know, that, that death month will not be great for morale. I do think, you know, overall, if everyone's healthy, they'll obviously be better than last year. But as is, I don't. I mean, like, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but if they're fully healthy the whole season with this exact roster, I still don't see a world where they win more than, like, 43 games. Yeah, and that's, I believe, what the over-under set out instead of 42. So I I think this schedule is, I like it better than last season's schedule in that it's not front-loaded with the easier games. I like that the easier games are sprinkled in, uh, or the non-playoff teams, I should say, are sprinkled in throughout the season, but these long road trips are concerning and that stretch from what was in mid February to into the middle of March, that could be a backbreaker for the Lakers. I mean, my, there's uh, again, there's a stretch of however many games that was uh, a month uh, over a month's worth of games against, and you had two matchups against teams that were clearly non playoff teams. That's, that's tough. Um, that's a, a tough spot to be in. So that is going to be, I think, what ultimately decides the fate of, of this year's Lakers is that stretch of games right there. You got to somehow at least break even or get a winning record in one of those two quote-unquote gauntlets either to start the season uh-huh. or that stretch from February to March. The problem is with this current roster, I'm not sure how you do it. but Because um, if you, like, that first stretch, Ron said 0-6. Oh, if that happens and then you struggle – in that mid-February to March stretch, then the Lakers are winning 40 games top. So um, you got you to somehow play well during one of those two two stretches. All right, uh, Mike, do you think LeBron should have taken a 5 to $10 million pay cut to help our team sign more pieces and to make up for the Westbrook mistake? What do we think on that? Should, should LeBron, I mean, there was, the Lakers fans were hoping that LeBron might take less in a, in a deal here. I don't really see what a pay cut does. I haven't really gone ahead into the salary cap table for next year with his extension in the books, but uh, I, I, I think they're, even, they top out around like 17 or 18 million or so in, in cap space. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know what like an extra $5 million does there. Um, They'll be pretty far under the hard cap regardless. Let me let me see if I can go ahead on, on spot rack here and see if I can find something. So <clears throat> uh oh. so with the extension, they look to be at 86, 90, like a hundred million ish in salary. Mm-hmm. Um so that that projects at I don't know whatever the cap space number I don't know if there's going to be a big increase next year. There's There'll CD be an increase, but, but then you got to add in the open roster spot charges. 
yeah, and the open roster spot charges, like, I I don't really see what a $5 million, $10 million pay cut does. You're not going to have a max. That's, that's, they're not, that's they're not going to have a max regardless. And at that point, like, with the way NBA free agency has sort of, like, restructured itself over the last, like, couple of years with all of these long-term extensions being signed and then trades being the major way in which teams improve, uh, there's not really a lot of those guys that are like the 20 to $30 million guys that hit the market anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like usually guys are either maxes or they're like 20 million or less players. Like there's not really a lot of those. They're really good, but they're not quite a max players. Right. Yeah. There's not, there's not. that's going to make it a challenge. Uh, Brandon Robinson, are we sure AD will be the five in closing lineups? If the twin towers lineup is deadly, think it will stick with it for crunch time and in a subsequent message he said that he was talking about in a miles turner situation sure if turner really fits with ad he could be in there in crunch time just historically we've seen ad be the five uh in crunch time so that until we see that it's hard to project that it's going to be something different yeah so uh if lebron averages 25 points per game he'll it'll take him 53 games to surpass kareem about the middle a little 53. Past what's 53? Scroll up a little bit, Trev. Trev, scroll up a bit so we see what 53 is. Well, I mean, C56. Yeah, 50, I guess we, 53 would be it. at Indiana. Yeah, so he'll, he'll sit break. a couple games. He'll make it happen against Golden State 60. I, I think I think it'll happen on February 7th. Against Oklahoma City? Yep. I think it's going to happen February 23rd, Golden State. It's going to be a birthday present for me. That's why I picked that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron will, I just will hook see that LeBron up. LeBron only sitting two games. No, I it's either going to happen at the Garden or, like Ron said, against maybe, Golden State at home. Maybe he averages more than also coming off the, the All-Star break. I could see LeBron being like, you have to wait until the All-Star break. <laughs> and we're going to make it a big event. We're on yep. TNT Thursday night. I'm passing, I'm passing Kareem. He's going to get to one point of breaking the record and then stop before the all-star break. So the entire all-star break, it's just talking about him being about to pass the, he needs 26. He gets to 25 and he's like, Darvin, I'm out. Yeah. I don't even care. I'm out. I'm not not breaking this record against the Pelicans. We're going to ride this through the all-star break. Uh, See why not said with LeBron resigning just makes the reality of not having bird rights for players a hard pill to swallow. When you look across the hall and see the opposite, the front office has to do better here. I talked about this a little bit on my Taylor Horton Tucker video yesterday, that the Lakers didn't put themselves in an advantageous situation with any of these players that they brought in. It's Malik Monk all over. Like if Troy Brown Jr. pops, great. He's going to go somewhere else next summer, right? You didn't, what they needed to do, and maybe you don't get some of these guys if you do it, but you needed to sign guys for multi-year deals with team options. You needed to sign team or non-guaranteed portions of their salary you needed team-friendly contracts. And the Lakers just, frankly, have not been in the business of signing those in recent years. They've signed a lot of player-friendly contracts, and this is a situation where it can hurt them because they're not going to have very much cap space, and they're not going to be able to use bird rights on any of these guys to hang on to them. Yeah, and that, that, was the, that was the benefit of their championship roster was they had Caruso, KCP, Kuzma, all these guys with bird rights. So they were, you know, if they had felt like it, they could have just done exactly what the Clippers did, which is just go insanely into the tax, signing all of these role players to like $15 million contracts. And then you're looking at a team that is really good. And if you want to go get a superstar, you have the players, you have the means to do it, even without picks. Uh, that's what they could have done. It's not what they did do. Well, without bird rights, you can't do that. Now you're in a situation where you almost have to you've got to hit on some draft picks or something like that because you need to put yourself back in that spot where you've got some players that you have bird rights for because continually signing these one-year deals, you've got to do... Like, I liked all the guys they signed. I liked the moves they made. I understand they wanted to, to keep their cap sheet clear for next summer and all of that. But better than having your cap sheet clear is having options on players, is having the opportunity to have a, a positive value contract moving forward. Again, if if... Damian Jones goes nuts. He's he's not going to opt into that final year. He's going to get paid. Same thing with Lonnie Walker. Let's say Lonnie Walker becomes an 18 point per game scorer. He's gone, right? Like that's that's what the reality with all of these guys. They're not giving themselves any opportunity for sustained success 
by signing these one-year player-friendly deals, you have to get into the business of signing team-friendly contracts that you can use down the road to either retain a player or flip that player for other assets. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what happens when uh, when you know you choose to go a certain direction that doesn't really make a whole lot of uh, logistical sense mm-hmm. with your uh, with your cap books, and you know this is where we are. And now we have uh, Trevor and I just scrounging together a closing lineup, just praying uh, that someone's better than we think they are. <laughs> uh, Eddie Chase said, "Congrats to the Lakers for stupidly giving LeBron a full max." Assuming no Kyrie, this team is going nowhere. Should have let him walk or traded him. Well, you definitely don't let him walk, right? Like that, I know you have cap space, but are you getting anything with that cap space that's better than LeBron? Yeah, I was about to say, good luck being terrible again. I fun with that. Letting players walk is part of why the Lakers are in this situation to begin with. They let too many players just walk for nothing. Yeah. Um, when they could have done something. You can argue you shouldn't have given him the full max, but it's LeBron. If he says, hey, I want the max, you're going to give him the max. And it's not like it's not like he put up 15 and 8 last season or something like that. He still performed at a ridiculously high level. It, the, the negotiations with some of these stars, right? LeBron, Giannis, Luka, uh, Jokic, any of these guys, it's what kind of contract do you want? Just let us know. right? That, that's the extent of the negotiation. That's it. You can't go in and say, well, you know, maybe we're going to we're going to ask you to take a 15 million dollar pay cut or anything like that. Like these stars in the NBA, their value is capped by max contracts. If this was an open, if this was just a free market, they'd be getting way more than this. Stars in the NBA produce beyond a max contract. A max contract is one of the best contracts in the NBA for the true top tier stars in terms of bang for your buck. And that's LeBron. Yeah, I mean, if there was no cap, uh, like no cap uh, space or no limit, you could probably like LeBron would be getting more than this. <laughs> yeah, LeBron would be yeah. getting like sixty million dollars a year if there was just no rules about how much, like what a max slot is. Absolutely. Uh, LeBron's re-signing was reported by Woj on Twitter. Yes, thank you for that on that that super chat. Uh, Nets got half of the TV games for last season. Yeah, I mean the NBA. I'm sure they had to do some scrambling. And pull the plug. I mean, if, if the Nets don't have Kevin Durant and Kyrie maybe is moving somewhere, maybe isn't, I mean, you needed to move that team off of national television. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, Dennis Fowler, so with the Lakers' history of letting players go too early, do you guys think they should keep THT? Plus, re-sign Mello. I'm against re-signing Mello, actually. Um, I brought this point about THT, though. If you trade Russ, for example, that Buddy Heald and Miles Turner package, I'm not trading THT for Patrick Beverly, for example. The problem with THT, the biggest problem with THT, why you don't want him on the roster, is because just the fit is terrible. Mm -hmm. But you take away one of the biggest reasons why that fit was terrible, and now you have a 21-year-old. Um I'm not saying you don't trade him still. The right deal is there, but he's still 21. You got rid of the massive fit problems, or at least part of it. So if you roll it with THT, I'm not against that. Yeah, As long as it's without Russ, because I think then you get a chance to really find out what THT is if sure. Russ isn't on the team. Now, if you have to include THT to facilitate a like more advantageous oh, Russ deal, to do it. then then you do it, yeah. 
when you do it. But if it's Russ is just going out by himself and then you're left with, you know, THT on the roster and then it's a THT for Patrick Beverly. I'm not even sure I'm a huge fan of that deal to begin with. I mean, I like Patrick Beverly's fit next to LeBron if there's no Russ on the team, but 34 year old versus 21. I think, uh, I think THT is better off there. You could argue either way, but I, I think I would I would keep THT in that scenario, the one Sean's describing. We agree. I think he still has potential. There's still upside there. The question is, do you put the pieces around him that will allow him to thrive? Because if not, move on. Move on if you're not going to be able to do that. All right. Let's wrap things up there. We do have our, our normal Wednesday live show will be taking place tonight, 9 o'clock Pacific time, so we can talk a bit more about the LeBron extension, about the schedule, all that kind of stuff there. But we did want to hop on here live while the schedule was coming out and break it down with all of you. So appreciate all of you who joined us from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Thank you guys for coming on here for a special midday edition of the LakersNation.com live podcast. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.